Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Airboard teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. God. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Good morning, everybody. That was a test. I thought you guys were going to sing. Okay, let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. That sounds a lot better. Yes. Do you know you tell somebody good morning and they say good morning? And you, if it, yeah, yeah, you really feel like they really wish you a good morning. They really want you to have a good morning. Glory to God. Amen, amen. I'm so glad that we're learning about joy because the Bible says that with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. The well of salvation. And it's so, it's so important for us to be joyful all the time. Especially with the word of God that we know. We should never be being cranked up to worship, to praise, to rejoice, to be jumping around because we are the heir of the world. Everything is working together for our good. So even if there might be like an obstacle or something, it's like, oh, no problem. It's working out for my good. Oh, no problem. God has already taken care of that. I'm just standing my ground and I'm rejoicing because it's already done. The Bible says that you finished the work before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. That is why I'm so thankful this morning that God said to bring a message to you about his goodness. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. You know, it was last Wednesday or so, I was just thinking about, because I knew I was supposed to preach this weekend, and he said, tell them about my goodness. And I'm like, awesome. Okay, let's see. I have a subtitle for that, Better Than Your Daddy. Because <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, and I'm like, no, that's not the subtitle. I had like two other subtitles before I, I'll tell you the, the, the subtitle I picked. I'm like, Better Than Your Daddy. That's a good one, right? And I'm thinking about the fact that you know, for us, many of us that came, come from homes that our parents, you know, were, were all together, praise the Lord, and they were actually there and good. They wanted the best for us, glory to God. And most of us girls, we think our fathers are just the heroes. I thought my father was the most handsome, the most, uh, what do you call, intelligent, the most, everything, every good thing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm not saying that, that he was all like, you know what I mean, but praise the Lord. But to us as girls, most times, most girls, like daddy, 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 daddy. Glory to God. So we have that. And so we, when we say better than your daddy, it's like, what? My daddy? And it makes you think about that. But guess what? Not everybody had that experience of having a father and things like that. And so I thought about the second um, subtitle and I said, um, better than they told you. Because they tell us that God is good, right? And they tell us all these awesome things and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, well, let's see. Those that did not have, um, those that had a good daddy, those that didn't have a good daddy, you know, and also those that have decided that their daddy is God, <laughs> hallelujah, and things like that, better than they told you. Hmm, okay, 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 let's see. And then I settled with, title of my message this morning is Faith 101, God is good, better than your experience. Hallelujah. So whatever your experience is, God is better than that. 
Even those of us that are believers and have begun to taste the goodness of God, guess what? There is more. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, he says that he has made us to sit together with him in the heavens so that in the ages to come, he will continue to show us the riches of his kindness towards us. Hallelujah. Did you see? Have you seen that in your Bible? That, 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 and you know what this means? This means that time is not big enough. Time is not enough for God to show you and I how good he is. Because God lives outside of time. God is too big to be confined by time. Are you going to preach with me this morning? Do you agree? Hallelujah. Yes, God is too big. He's too big to be limited with time. So even after time has passed, when time shall be no more, the Bible tells us that he will be. Look at it. It says that in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding. Actually, go to verse 6. Let's look at verse 6. It says, and had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means that God made sure that our experience of him, our life as believers, does not end on this earth. Hallelujah. That even after this earth is over, we will be seated with him in the heavenly places. So that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Amazing. I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to it. I'm like, wow. You know, when I read the scriptures and I see some of the things that God has said, that he has blessed us with, that he has given to us, you begin to wonder, what is God? what else is God going to show us? Is it not something to look forward to? Don't know about you, it's definitely something to look forward to. Put up Psalm 100, verse 5. We have prayed, we have worshipped, we are getting right into the word, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Flowing with the Holy Ghost. You see, we are moving at the speed of the Holy Ghost. All right, it says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. So in other words, you find this all over scriptures that God is good and his mercy endures forever. So that means that there is no circumstance, no situation, nothing that can ever change God's goodness to you and I. God is infinitely good. God is good. That is who he is. God is actually, I'm going to see more of it, defined by his goodness. Hallelujah. You want to know who God is? Check him out. He's all about doing you good. And so that's the reason why, you know, our our discussion from the last time I shared with us about the fact that there is no badness in God is so important that we go back and meditate on it. Because the enemy's job is to find every way that he can to tell us that God is the author of one bad thing or the other. And you find that even in the church among believers, you discover that if you ask anybody, is God good? They'll be like, yeah, God is good, absolutely. But then something happens and they say, oh, God has a plan. And I'm talking about something that is good. It happened for a reason. Yes, it happened for a reason, but it doesn't mean that God caused it. He's going to take it and walk it around for your good, but it doesn't mean that he caused it. And we have got to have this mindset. We have got to have this mindset. It is so vital. And I'm telling you that. Right from a very young age, I learned about the goodness of God. So I'm excited about it. I was not as quick as I am now to like really grab a hold of it and begin to walk into it. But the more I see him, the more I want to see him, the more I want to know him. That's the thing about it. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 34 verse 8, he said, Oh, taste and see. 
that the Lord is good. So in other words, this goodness of God is not something that somebody can tell you about. And I believe that that's why God is inviting us again to come and experience my goodness. Come and look again at my goodness. It is not what your pastor told you. It's not what your mommy told you or your daddy. It is not what your Sunday school teacher, somebody told you. You have to experience it for yourself. Because the more you know him, hallelujah, the more you want to know him. There is so much of it that it's like words cannot explain to you. You just have to be in there with him. You just have to begin to see his goodness. And so God is so good. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. And I know that, yes, we have, we have you know, fallen into some of the traps from when we're young. And as a matter of fact, I, when I was growing up, just before I got saved, of course, I was Catholic and doing all the confession thing and, you know, all that good stuff. Praise the Lord. Um, the, enemy was, the, the enemy actually tried to make me think that, oh, you know what? If you really want to get something from God, just, just think the opposite. Or say the opposite. How messed up is that? Because, you know, one of the teachings about, you know, um, you don't want to expect so much, otherwise you'll be disappointed. Now, when I got uh, saved and I began to realize that faith is about speaking what you want to see and believing, I said, oh my, the enemy, he was trying to stop me. <laughs> that is the liest lies that I've ever been told by the enemy. I'm like, the most blatant of all lies. Telling me that, oh, don't, you know, don't expect too much. Don't think too much. Don't, you know, if you want it to happen, just take, do, do the opposite, you know. Yes. <laughs> that is a lie from the pit of hell. Didn't I say it again? <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, many have been trained in this fashion, in this way, so that even when things happen, somebody took your parking spot, you'll be wondering, what did I do that somebody took this parking spot? Because I'm supposed to be a person of grace, right? Now, look at, before I even go there, maybe I sinned. No, 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 God is good. God is absolutely good. And we have got to take this message and spread it. But the way that we can really spread this message um, effectively is if we ourselves begin to accept it, I mean, like, really believe it, that God is good. So that when you are faced with any negative circumstance, any negative situations, you immediately say, devil, I got your number, that's you. You begin to come against it. You begin to speak against it. And if you're, you're, you're in, a, in a position to change it, you, be, you position yourself to change it. If it's happening in another country, guess what? You, have, you, you, are not, uh, um, uh, you're not, you are not limited by distance. You go on your knees and you intercede and you change it. That's who we are as believers. We are supposed to see bad things and change it because we know where it's coming from. But if we are not sure where it's coming from, we think it's from God, we cannot resist. And that's the reason why this is Faith 101. Faith 101 too. Last time we talked about Faith 101, this is two. That no bad thing comes from God. And this God is good. We have got to get strong on this. Hallelujah. When you wake up in the morning, think about what God is going to do for you that day or what you are going to be able to receive because God is desirous. He's just waiting for you to receive whatever it is that you need from him. That's, that's the kind of God that we serve. Always wanting to be good to you and I. Amen? And when I think about the goodness of God, I think about myself and my, and my husband and our, ourselves as parents or our children. We're always thinking about our children, even whether they, they believe it or not. We're always thinking about how to bless them, how to be a blessing, praying for them, thinking about their future and, and wanting them to know God, to be passionate about God, to, to fulfill everything that God has called them to. 
And that's what Jesus was telling them in Matthew 7. Literally, he was giving us a definition. You can put up Matthew 7. We read maybe from um, 11 or 10 or something like that. And he was saying, he said that what man of you, if his, his child asks him for what? For bread or for fish, would you give him a stone? Would you give him a snake? He says, no. So he says, ask. If you maybe start from seven, he says, ask and you shall receive. That's goodness. So in other words, God has made everything available. And he's saying, ask and it shall be given to you. That's my goodness. Just ask. Just ask. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. There are few things our children will ask us for that we refuse. Hallelujah. It has to be because you are trying to, to help them to learn some stuff or maybe some foolishness. Glory to God. But if it's a good thing, if it's within the will of God's will, you better believe that we are thinking about how to make it happen. Are you not good like that? Don't you think like that? And Jesus said, he said, how much more God? He says, for everyone that asketh, receive it, and he that seeketh, find it. God is saying, I'm not denying you anything. I am not denying you anything. If you can think it, if you can believe it, it's yours. And I will do even more exceedingly abundantly, like we already read, we already saw in Ephesians 3.20. He says, according to the power that's at work in you, the faith that is in you, do you believe this? He says, for everyone that asketh, receive it, and he that seeketh, find it, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Glory to God. He says, what man is there of you whom his son asks bread? Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? He says, if then, being evil... Hallelujah. He said, being evil, anything outside of God is not good, right? He says, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more? So think about the things that you want to do for your children. God said, my desire is more than that for you. And we, keep, we see them in scriptures. Hallelujah. So we need to believe these things. We need to think this way about God constantly, consistently. If we do, we'll not be afraid to ask. We'll not be able to, we'll not be afraid to believe. We'll not think that this thing is too big for me. Nothing is too big for me. I've come to that conclusion. Hallelujah. I'm the heir of the whole world. If I need it, I can have it. If I want it, just because. If I just wanted to hang it on my wall. If not that God doesn't spoil people, I'll say we are spoiled like that. <laughs> Glory to God. He said, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Glory to God. Glory to God. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. That, and he's the creator of the whole world. So he has no limits. So you can't say, oh, if I only knew Bill Gates, you know, maybe Bill Gates can Bill Gates can't heal the sick. He can't raise the dead. He can't change the weather if I need the weather changed. Whatever it is, you name it. You have access by faith through the blood of Jesus. And you see, God is so good that he made it free. So that we don't have to work for it. It is by faith. I know sometimes people think faith is punishment. Faith is not punishment. It's a blank check. Hallelujah. Faith is the access 
that God has given us into his goodness. You want to experience my goodness? Just believe for it. Faith. Believe is yours. Believe you have it. Believe I've, I've made it available to you. That's what faith is. It's not a punishment. It's not what people have made it out to be like faith is so difficult. Faith is not a difficult thing. The Bible says that, I know I'm running ahead of myself, no problem. This, some of these scriptures I'm mentioning, we already know them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says that if you're coming to God, Hebrews 6, 11, 6, he says, they that come must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And the diligence is not hard work. The diligence is according to his stipulations about faith. Just believe that I am. Believe that it's available. Ask. Receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Declare the word about it. Do not be afraid. Expect it. Hallelujah. God is so good that I'm running ahead of myself. I wanted to teach this on line upon line. But this is good too. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh boy. And so, so God is good like that. So let's not believe, buy into the lies of the enemy and the mis- misrepresentation of God. Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. James 1.17. Every good gift, every good and perfect gift comes from God on high. Every gift. If you see anything that is good, you better know that it's God. And if you see anything that is bad, you better know that it's not God. That the enemy's ugly head is in there. A man somewhere, he's he's the inventor of every evil thing. Not God. So the question now is, if people who say that, you know, um, this bad thing came from God, sickness and disease God, the question to them is, what day, when you read Genesis 1, 31, you can put put it up, what day did God create sickness? What day did he create Poverty. What day did he create lack? What day did he de- create depression? What day did he de- 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 uh, uh, create that bad marriage, that bad circumstance, that bad situation? What day? There's no record of it. So it's another lie of the enemy. Definitely a lie of the enemy. The Bible says, and God saw everything that he had made. And before that, he told, he told Adam about all the things, and he says, I've given to you all of these things for meat. It's for you to enjoy. He says, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was what? Very good. And the evening and the morning were the six. He said, behold, it was very good. Everything that God has made, very good. And I'm, I was thinking about Timothy, First Timothy, Pastor Timothy, First Timothy 4. Praise the Lord. From verse 4 to 5, I believe. And he began to talk about the fact that he says that all things are given to us. You can put it up there. They are good things given to us. Everything created by God is good. From from verse 4. He says everything created by God, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be what? Refused. But if it's received with thanksgiving, you are good to go. Do you know what that is saying? I know that many times we just look at it and say, oh, uh, that means that whatever you think is the negativity of the thing, you bless it and you turn it around, it just becomes good. (laughs) The negative situation, you take it, you bless it, you just change it. There's no limit in God. 
You can eat pork. Just bless it. Oh, I didn't get too many emails on that, so I'm almost gagging. Is what they told you, all those lies. Don't, let, don't be afra- ever be afraid of anything. Now, you have a choice if you want to eat it or not. You don't, you don't have to eat chicken. However, it's not because you're afraid of chicken. That chicken is going to hurt you some way. You bless it and yum the thing. Glory to God. Everything, God has given us all things, the Bible says, freely to enjoy. This is how we should be thinking about God every day. When we wake up in the morning, we just think about how blessed we are. So it doesn't matter whether somebody eyes you when you walk down the street or that lady didn't look at you right. If you don't look at me right, I'll pray for you. But God is looking at me with the eyes of favor. Oh boy, he is looking at me and he's like, girl, do you know that you can never disappoint God? Some people are always thinking, oh, maybe I'm such a disappointment to God. What I did. No, no, no. Jesus already disappointed God on your behalf. You cannot anger God. Jesus already angered God on your behalf. No, think about it. Do you, do you, can you imagine God is walking around being disappointed by people and being angered by people? He will cease to be God. He can't operate. He can't function. He will just be so full of strife. He can't do nothing because there's quite a bit to be disappointed about and quite a bit to be angry about. So God is not angry anymore. And you got to know this. What he's doing is that he's just waiting for you. He's waiting for you with all the goodness. Does it mean that he likes the negativity or the bad? No, no, no. But he's not, he's not focusing on that. He's focusing on you coming into his goodness. Then you'll be like... This is better, right? This is better, right? I've been waiting for you. See? See? Come on. Come on. Come on. Enjoy. That is how God is looking at us and things. And you know, one of the ways that I look at these things is, 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 is we with our children. Many times we, we limit, we, we, we put, bring God down to our own limitations. But the more you grow in God and the more you see the way you, you, your love towards your children is the more you begin to understand. Even though you can, it's like you're scratching. You're trying to just experience, wow. For parents, they're always, I don't know, it's like the child can do no wrong. Okay, some people will be like, oh, Pastor B, I don't know about that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. No matter what your child is doing, you are always hoping for the best. You never give up on them. You might scold them, yell at them, but your heart never gives up on them. That's how God is to you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, possibly, what about chastisement? He, he, he chastises those that he loves. All God does is let you make your choice to experience for yourself what he's trying to stop you from. But he's, all, he's still there. He's still there. Love has no hate in it. It has no darkness, no wickedness. It's not thinking about how it's going to show you, how it's going to deal with you. The Bible says it's not God's desire that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the right reason why we love Catholics. We love 
Methodists. We love whoever. We love the sinner. We love, we are not judging them. Because how many of you know that if you keep talking bad about people, you cannot really help them. You can't minister to them. You can't pray for them. So we, we see them through the eyes of God. And that's how God sees us. He sees us through the blood of Jesus. He sees us in all our full glory. That's the reason why he chose you and I, to reveal his glory. If he thought that you were, you were bad and useless, how would he pick you to reveal his glory? You would not be a candidate. But he looks at us and he sees the good in Christ. He sees us, how we have become before him. And he picked us to reveal his glory. I don't know about you, I'm excited about that. The Bible says that it is the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. And so the more I think about the goodness of God like this, the more I want to do the right things. Sometimes people think that if you preach hell and brimstone and hellfire and all of that, that's when people will, will turn around and all of that. Well, it's good to let people know where the end is. He, he lets us know in scriptures, but he wants people to know more about his goodness. And he's inviting them to say, come, taste, come and taste. Come and taste and see that God is mm, mm, good. And the minute I tasted, I have be kept on tasting. And I don't want to stop tasting. The Bible says His goodness leads men to repentance. Hallelujah. It's what, the more you see Him, the more you want to turn around from that evil. When you see people doing evil and, and, and allowing their lives to be used, messed up, and you immediately know they have not seen the goodness of God. They have not seen how pure God has made them. They have not seen how priceless God has made them. How precious. They think that, oh, I have to do this bad thing in order for me to get this when God has already done it. And that's the reason why the Bible says we need to, we need to pray for one another. We need to help the failings of the weak, help to pray, pray for them, that their eyes will be open to see His goodness, His grace. And you know what? If we walk around thinking about the goodness of God and thinking about how God is good to us, how He wants to be good to people, it's going to be very difficult to get angry at people. You won't watch the TV and want to break it. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah, we need to, to guard against that. Like Pastor was telling us that we shouldn't take the bait of Satan into offense. And it means that we are looking in the wrong place. But if we are looking at it, looking at it, wow, wow, wow. If you only knew, if they only knew. And so, hey, hey, get to work. Get to praying because God says that it's not his desire that any should perish. So let's pray. Let's, let's minister. Let's snatch them as many as we can before he returns. Because by the time he comes and his justice has to be done. You know, when you look at Exodus chapter 33, I believe it's from um, Exodus 33, maybe from like 18, 19. Um, Moses said, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Exodus, we've seen Exodus 13. Yeah. He said, Exodus 33 says, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, this is how he responded. He didn't say, I'll show you my power. I'll show you my strength. I will show you. He said, and he said, I will make all my goodness. This is who I am. I'm good. I'm love. This is what I want you to see about me. This is what I want you to know about me. Don't look at me as this big God fast somewhere up there that wants to be bad to you or that is about these laws. He said, and I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. 
and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. So in other words, he's saying to Moses, you better watch out. You better watch out. You may have all of these laws and all of these things. Because as we've seen in, in 34, we might read a part of that. He began to, to give the commandments. He says, you might see somebody that don't look like they qualify for it, but that's me. I don't just give to who qualifies. I don't give to who qualifies because nobody qualifies. He says, I will be gracious to who I will be gracious to. Aren't you glad that he picked you? Aren't you glad that he picked you? So he was trying to let Moses know, you better watch out because you're going to see some strange things. I'm a good God and part of my goodness is that I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious to. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy to. And before you exempt yourself, he's not just talking about individuals. He is talking about a dispensation. He's talking about a time like this, when people will no longer have to be about do's and don'ts, about the laws, but people will have faith in Christ. Out of their, all their badness and their messes and all of those things, he makes a way for them. He says, I will be gracious because that's who I am. I'll make my goodness to pass before you. want to see my glory? My glory is about my love. It's about my goodness. Hallelujah. Let's see what is in 20. Is anything in 20? Let's leave that. Let's go to Exodus 30, 30, uh, 30, 34. And I have to mention this here in, in 34, I think maybe 7, but what it began to, to say something again. Okay, go to 36. It's almost about the, the, the same scenario. Go back to 36, 34, 6, sorry. 34, 6 or 5. We'll start from there. And the Lord passed by before him. Okay, five, go five. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the God, merciful. He says he will, he will, he will what? That he will proclaim his name, right? He says he proclaimed and he said, the Lord, good, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. That's what he was proclaiming about himself. So I don't know how far you've been, how long you've been messing up. He said he's long-suffering. He's just waiting. He's still waiting. I mean, you don't, wanna, you don't want it to be too late because that's the same way that God is waiting to be kind to you, to be good to you. That's how the enemy is also waiting to take you out. But he can't. The Bible says that he's seeking for whom he may devour. He can't just take you out. Praise the Lord. Think like that. Have that mindset. Because if he could, he would have done it a long time ago. So he tries to lie, cheat, deceive, and all those things. Cause you to believe stuff that is not true. Cause you to take stuff that God has already paid for for you. But we are wiser than that, right? And he says, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression, sin, and that, that, will, and that will not by... He says, and that will not by means clear the guilty. So in other words, God is saying, I'm a just God. As much as I'm going to be gracious and all of that, but guess what? Anyone who is refusing, there's a place for them. Glory to God. So he needed to let us know because, you know, sometimes when people hear about the goodness of God, they hear about the grace of God, they hear about these things, they begin to think, okay, so maybe I should just be a bad person. I will still just get the goodness and the grace and all of this kind of God. That is a life from the pit of hell. Because there is coming a time where it's like the time will be no more. Glory to God. But God, it's not God's desire that any, any should perish. Amen. And this is something that we always need to to know. And so let's, let's, let's remember that when God created all things, he didn't create anything bad. He was just good. 
And that's the reason why Adam, as wise and intelligent as Adam was, because God said that God gave Adam the responsibility of naming the animals. Right? He, 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 and we talked about the fact that, you know, what he called them probably also defined their character and things like that. Do you know that if you went over there at that time and you said to Adam, Adam, I have a headache or a backache, Adam would be like, you have what? Uh, then you'd be like, you know, headache, like the pain in the head. He'll be like, pain? Explain. And then you will keep explaining. And then he'll be like, Lord, alien. <laughs> I have no idea what this person is talking about, which is strange. Because the Bible says that was not until they sinned, they became intimate with evil. Adam could not know it. Because he only experienced the goodness of God. Because God only made what? Good things. Glory to God. And, and we, are, we, are, we are here now. The second Adam. And we should still have this mindset. We should never accept headache, sickness. It should be alien, strange. What? Not thinking, oh, it happens sometimes. You know, we are just human. We are, just, we are, only, we are not only human. Those are the lies again that are being told. We are spirits, beings. Hallelujah. We are created in the image and in the likeness of God. Every pastor talked about it today. Talked about the fact that we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. True faith. All of these things. So when the challenges come, you should look at it as an alien, strange, to be defeated, to be gotten rid of. And you have what it takes to get rid of it, not to accept it. Because it is bad. It is not of God. And so we're looking at the fact that we have to purify ourselves. We have to purify ourselves, purify our thinking, the way that we, we think. And that's the reason why the Bible says that in, in I believe it's in Romans 12, where it talks about the fact that um, we should renew our minds and we'll be transformed. That we may show what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. We have to renew our minds to these things that, hey, the bad things that you see, God has no part in it. The bad things that you see, you are here to change it, to turn it around. You, the, you are, you are, God is good, and you are supposed to be good. You are supposed to create good things, make bad things good again. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, as Pastor was sharing on Wednesday, he began to talk about the force of righteousness. And I was sitting there, the Spirit of God just reminded me, he says, do you remember that one of the definitions of righteousness is goodness. I'm like, wow, that is so true. And he, sh- and he said some things. I don't want to miss it. Um, he, says, um, he, say, he said to me, he says, that is why you cannot be righteous by works of the law. Because you cannot be good to someone if they have to earn it. Do you see the relationship? God is good. His righteousness is about his goodness. He says you can't, you can't be good to somebody if they have to earn it. Can't be gracious to them. Favor is about the fact that you don't deserve it. Just favor, just favor you. Just want to give it to you. Just want to bless you with it. Just want you to have it. Just want you to enjoy it. Just want to see your smile. But if you have to work for it. So that's the reason why, that's, that, that should help us understand righteousness. Because many times people are still struggling with the issue of righteousness. It's about a relationship. It's about a choice that God made to make us right again. 
It's about the choice that God made to bring us into relationship with him. It's about the choice that he made to make us good again. You see, Adam did not sin because he was bad. Hallelujah. Adam sinned because he yielded to the badness of devil. The devil. <laughs> Glory to God. And, and then when he did that, then he became bad. He was good. Good yielded and then became bad. Unfortunately, because of the responsibility that he had in the human race. Put up Mark 10, 18. And let's look at something there. This is one scripture that I always wondered about as well. But as you know, Pastor was sharing, and I began, but God began to show me again about another definition of righteousness. It began to make more sense. Praise the Lord, or more understanding. So, so verse 18, it says, And God said to him, Why put go to verse 17? And we know about this young guy came to God and he says, and, then when he, and when he was gone forth in the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. And do you know that this is a scripture that some people have used to say that Jesus is not God? Because he said, There's no, Why are you calling me good? There is none good but God. So as I began to, to, to look at it, I began to see that Jesus was saying that righteousness cannot be earned. He says, you are looking and you are seeing all the good works that I, I'm doing and that's why you're calling me good. You think you know me. It is not because I'm doing good stuff that makes me good. It is because I am good that I'm doing good stuff. And outside of God, no one is good. You've got to know this. You've got to understand that. Goodness is not something that... You just do. I know we say, oh, that person is good and stuff. But when we really look at it, goodness is from the recreated human spirit. The Bible tells us in Galatians that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, and all these things. And then he says, goodness. So he says, you got to know that goodness is in nature. It's in nature. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalm 34, verse, verse... Okay, let's skip that, let's skip that, let's skip that because of time. Praise the Lord. Let's read Romans, put up Romans 2 from verse 4. So it's so important that knowing God is a biggie. Very big deal. Knowing that God is good is a biggie in faith. It's a faith biggie. Because the more I know about it, the more I am... When it comes to faith and I stand before God in a desire, for a desire and a thing, you better be believing or you better be thinking that no good thing would he will hold for me. I can have whatever I want. As a matter of fact, it has already been given to me. I just have to renew my mind to, to, to get my faith to that level where I can receive it. Because he has finished the work. He's not trying to see how much I can operate by faith before he releases it. He has released it. Oh my. That's how good God is. That's how good God is. As limited as we are as men, and I'm using natural examples. We have a food pantry. Most of us have food pantries in the house. How many times are we going to stand at the door and put padlocks in our food pantry and tell the children not to take? 
Now, of course, you don't want to be a glutton. <laughs> and when the children are little, you don't want them to go. You know, sometimes foolishness is bound to the heart of a child. You know, and they may, you know, mess their, themselves up. But the idea is everything in the pantry is yours. How many can mommy and daddy eat? But it's all stocked up because of them, the children. Glory to God. That's the God that we serve. And so anytime you, the enemy tries to tell you otherwise, remember how good you are to your children and how you, I hope. Okay, just praise the Lord. Or your desire to seek good. And even your desire to be good to yourself. You know, sometimes, I don't know. It's the, the, the limitations of the things that we see to describe the goodness of God. And that's why it needs to be experienced. That's the reason why he says it in Psalm 4. We talked about it. Maybe we'll read it at some point. He says that, oh, taste and see. You got to taste it. You got to taste it. And there is something about spiritual things that is, is a sense, as you experience it too, but there is a sense of it. It's like you're looking and you're like, wow, I see that. I get that. And he wants us to taste. And when we see it, we say, oh, I see it. It begins to make you reach for it. Because you know it's yours for the taking. Amen? He says, Oh, despise thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness... Okay, we talked about that one, but that's where it is. He says that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Amen? So the enemy tries to give people bad experiences so that they would not, not want to repent. Or they will not want to change. And by this, I mean that, you know, there are many testimonies about this, of how people will lie and say, oh, God needed another angel. I don't need to go through that again. I mentioned that before, right? And how some people now say, okay, I don't want your God. But I was listening to another testimony of a woman who has her younger sister committed um, suicide at an early, a long time ago, uh, 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 and she took two of her younger siblings along with her. And at the funeral of the church that they went to at that time, the preacher said, you know, um, God has a plan. And from then on, she said, if this is God, I will not trust God with my children. So she took her children to church, but she did not trust God with her children. She, could, she, just, she just could not. She took them to church because she's like, because they said, I mean, if you come to church, you go to heaven. I want my children to go to heaven. But God, take your hands off my children. I don't trust you with my children. Now, before we judge her, remember that the reason why she's saying that is because of fear. It's worry, fear, and all of those things. And if you are afraid and you are worried about your children or about anything, it's the same boat. You don't trust God with that circumstance or that situation because you don't think he's good. That is why worry, you can't entertain it. Fear, you can't entertain it because you are saying to God, I don't trust you with this situation. Yes, and that's the reason why I believe that God is saying to us, look at these things, look at my goodness. Because there are certain mindsets that are strongholds that sometimes we don't even realize that they are there. There's, like, there's that lack of understanding that, hey, this is what this is. The reason why you don't really think God is good. But he's saying... I'm good. I'm better than whatever you have experienced. Come and taste. Let me show you. Because that preacher might mislead you. Your circumstances, your situation, by your daddy, 
or whatever might mislead you. But I will show you the real truth. The real truth that I am good. Don't take that bad experience of abuse, molestation, denial, telling you, oh, you can't afford this, we can't afford that, we can't afford this. No, no, no. You know, sometimes parents say to their children those kinds of things. Those are cost words too. You can't, your children can afford whatever. Because he died for all of us. So we should be saying, let's believe God for it. Not that you can't afford it. A child growing up with you can't afford it mentality. They're going to think they have to work for everything. And not believe in the grace and in the faithfulness, the goodness of God. But that's not how we are, right? Praise the Lord. So how vital is this to our faith life? Number one, righteousness. It it makes us not to be self-righteous. And we miss out on the joy of salvation. You know, salvation is supposed to be joyful. But when we try to end points with God, you miss out on the joy of salvation. You're supposed to wake up in the morning and say, Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I rejoice. I'm glad. I'm glad in it. That's one thing I declare every morning. Glory to God. The Bible says it daily loads us with benefits. And you're thinking, what benefit? Let's see. Hmm, what do I want? What do I want to eat? Where do I want to go? You're thinking that that should be the mindset. What can I believe God for today? What can I reach for that he has said belongs to me? That's the mindset because he said it's already made available to us by the blood of Jesus. And that's the reason why Jesus came in Luke 4.18. And that's another scripture we declare every day on prayer line at home. Praise God. Hallelujah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You can put it up. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to declare that the time of the Lord's favor is here. I like declaring that. This is acceptable year of the Lord. I, I, I say time of the Lord's favor. When I hear favor, I get the understanding faster than when I say acceptable year. Hallelujah. So I use that translation of his favor has come. That's what Jesus said. He said his favor has come. Time for walk, 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 stress, stress, stress. It's over. I've come to declare to you. You have been released from that kind of bondage. You have been released from toiling and stressing and all of those things. Hey, come into a God who favors you. He has chosen to favor you. He actually likes you. Yeah, I like that definition of favor because many times people say, oh, I love you, but I don't like you. You know, people always look for loopholes and everything because God says, God says, you know, love everybody. Like, okay, yes, I love them with the love of the Lord. I just don't like you. You know what you saw? Okay. Praise. <laughs> but, but God likes you. And ever since I saw that definition of, of that as favor, I said, oh, God likes me. You know when you know somebody likes you, you can do a fair. I know my husband likes me, so. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I can ask for stuff. Even though sometimes he rolls his eyes at me, but... <laughs> But many times at the end of the day, I still get it. (laughs) Woo! Favor power. Glory to God. God is good like that to us, better than that. Amen? 
He's so good. And he wants you to know that. Tell the person beside you, God is so good. Yet it's better than your experience. Because there is more. So we're talking about how vital, I was, this section says how vital is it to our faith life. We talked about the fact that so that we can receive from God based on his righteousness, not ours, right? So that we can enjoy the joy of salvation, not trying to end points. We are receiving based on his righteousness. What he did, not ours. Because we are favored. And then the second one I have under here is that the more you believe in the goodness of God, the more you will experience it. Ha! Huh. This is so vitally important. The more you believe it, you speak it, you say God is good all the time. Hallelujah. Even then when I got caught up singing that song every day, Jesus, you love me too much. I just discovered that, man, I just like sometimes the blessing is pursuing and overtaking me. And sometimes I begin to realize that I'm not even prepared for some of the good things that God brings my way. So I had to straighten up. I began, began to renew my mind. Do you know that sometimes you can have to actually refuse people being good to you? People do it all the time. And Jesus said it in scriptures. At, at somewhere in, um, uh, do I, I don't know if I have it here. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that killed the prophets. How long have I wanted to gather you together, but you wouldn't let me. Some translation says what you refuse. I wanted to gather you together like a mother hen. I want to put, have you under my wings, protect you, but you wouldn't let me. So the reason why you see some things of bad manifestations and stuff like that is that people don't want to, are not letting God. For some of these things that we mentioned, ignorance, lies, and stuff like that, lack of trust, things like that. It's like they won't let him. He wants to. He's just there. He's already done it. But sometimes people can actually refuse goodness. I don't know how, as, as a pastor and, you know, just as a believer, I don't know how many times sometimes you want to help people, but they won't let you. They won't let you. You tell them, hey, look at what the Word of God says. Hey, why don't you need to stick with this? You need to be consistent with this. It's, it's working. It's working. Don't give up. Oh, no, they want to do their own thing. And when, when God is reaching out to you through people, it's God himself trying to be good to you. And you refuse it. It's not about the pastor. It's about you not letting God be good to you. And what, everything that God needs to be good to us is in his word. And so when we study it and look for it and receive it, it's, 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 we're able to enjoy it. Amen? So, so we said that the more that you believe in the goodness of God, the more you will experience it. Why? That's why the enemy... He wants people to believe that God causes bad things so that... They can release their faith for bad stuff. He wants them to believe that God is bad. So when they believe that, oh, maybe God is doing all of these things. And the more you, 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 you think that God is bad, the more bad stuff you will experience. So it's like he's undercover of saying, oh, he's God. He's, he's, he's causing the person to have bad experiences. So sometimes people say, why is it that I'm always having these experiences? Why is it because you are believing a lie? 
Scripture says it, if you believe a lie, you will experience a lie. And even when we look at it where God says it true and true, that, you know, in different areas, I think there's a part there in Romans 5, we'll probably look at it 12, and it talks about the fact that, you know, um, he gave them up to a depraved mind, and we see things like that. Even at the end of the day, God is going to allow, say, okay, spirit of delusion, you can have your way. Because that's what they want. And God is about giving us what we want. He protects our right to our desires and choices. Hallelujah. Oh, I know that sometimes it's like, oh, God, just do it, just do it. God doesn't work like that. Gentleman, true and true. Hallelujah. Just like my husband. My husband doesn't like anybody pressuring him about anything. No pressure here. I will think about it. I will get back to you. Praise the Lord. And it's a good, it's good practice. God doesn't, once you see anybody pressuring you, salesman, saleswoman, sales this, you better watch out. The sale is going to end today, today, 70% off. Get it now. You better run. We have to be led by the Holy Ghost. Either you can't go for the 70% off, but don't go because of pressure. Because it's going to end. You know what I usually say? When I see something, I say there will be a better one next time. And if you believe that, you will experience that. You'll be like, wow, this is even better than the other one. Thank God I didn't get that one. We have to believe such things about God. So it's very serious that we do not allow the enemy, allow us to believe bad things about God because then we are releasing our faith for bad stuff. He's using our faith to work against us. But we believe in his goodness, right? Every day I'm thinking how good God is to me. I am favored and I'm blessed. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, girl, I say, girl, you are so good. You are better than good. (laughs) You are just like Jesus made you better than good in terms of what the the, the world, you know, says. You are in Christ. You got whatever you want. Girl, you're rich. You have access to everything you need. Girl, <laughs> yes, I'm a made woman. That's one of my favorite. I am a made woman. Glory to God. Oh, all right. How much time do we have? Getting ready to round up. Wasn't it Apostle Paul that said, and finally in the middle of Philippians or something? <laughs> in the middle of the book, he's like, finally. So it's not, it's not today started. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, let's look at Matthew 23. Matthew 23, we read from verse 37 to 38. We read it in the Amplified Classic. I just mentioned it to you, so maybe we we'll skip that. It talks about Jerusalem, Jerusalem. So we, we, we would let God be very good to us. We will not refuse God. But let's read it. That's fine. Did you get what I said? Matthew 23 from verse... 37 to 38, amplified, fly, anti, anti, <laughs> amplified, Amen. amplified, classic. All right, you say, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, murdering the prophets and stoning those who are sent to you. How often will you, you know, there's a different way of the stoned pastors now. You know, sometimes when pastor is preaching, he say, why are you looking at me with that tone of voice? Why are you eyeing me like, oh, you're talking about, about uh, wealth again? Is he only money, money, money? That's, that's some stoning. Yes. 
Hallelujah. But we refuse to bleed. <laughs> we refuse to die. We are going to keep preaching. Glory to God. <laughs> it says, How often would I have gathered your children together as a mother fowl, gathers her brood under her wings, and you refused? Behold, your house is forsaken and desolate, abandoned and left destitute of God's help. So that's the reason. Because you refuse. So if you see desolation, if you see abandonment, if you see things not going well, it's because you refuse God's help. Sefini. How many of you are like, you are, oh, I'm changing stuff around. I'm believing God for good stuff. I ask God for all kinds of things. And the more you practice it, the more you see quick manifestations. Glory to God. Some of you all youths don't know the reason why you begin to ask questions. We are praying for you. All those people trying to get you out there and stuff like that, but they're not able to. And they will not. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, I, I had a pastor friend one time. We, we, you know, she came to visit and things like this. She was kind of out of state and she came to visit. And while she came, um, I... I it was on a Saturday, and I was going somewhere to go get um, a necklace for an outfit that I wanted. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Those days when if you want to get something, you have to go the day before. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When you're in abundance, now you don't need to do that as much, right? Except you just want something different. But anyway, so I, 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 was, I, I, I was going to do that, and she's like, okay, let's go together. So I went to the store, and I'm looking at this. Actually, specifically, I wanted to get a pearl Pearl necklace, praise the Lord. Oh, that necklace was good. I still have it till today. Still enjoying it. Not this one, but but anyway. <laughs> so anyway, um, I I we went together to the store, and while we we at the store, I was checking, looking, and everything because you know not everything is your style. So you have to figure out which one you really like or which one will really go with what you are wearing or what things like that. And the lady said, "Hey, man, girl, let's talk fashion." <laughs> But anyway, as I was doing that and everything, so, so I picked one, and I took it, and I, I picked one, so, but I was looking for something else. And she became upset. She's like, let's go, let's go. You, uh, you've taken enough. Now, is that one not enough? I mean, so because I'm nice and I'm kind, I quickly, I said, all right, let's, let's, help, let's go to the... Um, all right, let's go to the, the cash register because, you know, you want to be kind. You don't want to be like, what's your problem? <laughs> Is it not my money? <laughs> or whatever. But, but I kind of said, I mean, I was like, okay, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Just assume. She love assumes the best. Maybe she wants to leave. Maybe she's tired. Maybe she wants to use the bathroom or something. But Praise the Lord. Like the Elisha said, "Is your God in the bathroom. <laughs> but anyway... So when we got to the register, she insisted on paying for it. So I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking, you know, you, I'm thinking, okay, maybe because she wanted to pay for it. She didn't want me to take too much, the more that she can pay for. But I, but I still knew that there was more to it. So when we got to the car, she apologized. And she said, you know what? I have to change. Because I see you, a woman of God. You just look like you're enjoying all these things, like there's not a problem with it. He says, I have a problem buying stuff for myself. He said, I don't have a problem buying for other people, but to buy for myself, I just, I just, I just, and, and God has blessed her. She has money. 
But she has a problem seeing somebody enjoying the goodness of God. She said, I'm going to change and I repent. I just saw you and I, and I know you're a woman of God. I know you're a woman of faith and everything and you love God and stuff like that and you're just enjoying this stuff. That means that I have some work to do. Hallelujah. So yes, it's, it, you, you'll be surprised that, you know, and we're, and we're talking to pastor now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I thank God that she repented and she changed. And, you know, the Bible says that God, God uses his, we're here to reveal his glory. And that's why he told the people in the old covenant that the priests, they were supposed to wear gold, they were supposed to wear precious stones and all of those things. But even today, the enemy still comes against it. Why are you so dressed so flashy? I, I used to have a problem dressing flashy. I run from bling. I mean, I still don't bling up too much these days, but I'm working on it. I know that sometimes people say, oh, you know, when you're, um, what's the, what do they call these ladies? You're a um, classy lady. You know, classy lady, they don't do too much. They do monochromatic or they do uh, <laughs> less is much. And, and I was thinking about it. You know, you have to be careful to find out the root of where these things are coming from. Where is it in the Bible? When the priests, if the priests are wearing gold, silver, and all of those things, and we talked about, and they specifically talked about Jesus' gold belts in Revelation, and the streets of gold, where did, where did it come from? Because when you really look at kings, okay, they wear all the blings, the crowns, the earring, the this, the that, and all of that. And sometimes they say, oh, that's too much. If it's your, if it's your style, let them be. If it's their style, let them be. Because sometimes they want to project certain things and, and sometimes people are following things that they don't understand where it's coming from, the roots of certain things. It's a poverty mindset. Hallelujah. All right, how did we get into all this stuff? <laughs> the goodness of... Thank you. <laughs> it's about the goodness of God. And God is not nervous when you wear nice things. You have nice things when you are glowing in the dark. Hallelujah. When you are spending what you have. You know, a pastor friend of, of ours, again, was, went to her birthday party and she was, one of her daughter, her daughter was saying that, you know, her mom is quite interesting, that sometimes mother wake up in the morning with high heels. And she said, Mom, where are you going? She's like, to the kitchen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm like, I have got to learn some of those things. Because the truth is that after a while, you have all these clothes and shoes. Where are you going to wear them? You better start wearing them to the kitchen. <laughs> because sometimes you see some people all nice, all nice in church. When you go to them at home, you'll be like, what happened? Who are you? Uh, what did you do with the person I saw in church last Sunday? And that's how sometimes marriages just go like. Glory to God. <laughs> Something good to remember is that even though the church members are not there to look at your fine clothes, God is there. Your husband is there. Your wife is there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So God is good like that. To so be good to yourself. Be good to people. Receive God's goodness. Amen. Amen. 
Hallelujah. All right, where are we going to land? Find a good place to land. So the reason for faith, we talked about it before, is to enjoy the goodness of God. It's not punishment. You can look at it in um, Hebrews 6, 11, 6. So faith, you believe, you know, um, believing God, acting on his word. You know, one of the things that happens many times is that why God talks about faith and, and t- tells us to walk by faith is that when people are born, there is automatic depending on your five senses. Taste, smell, feel, all of those things. But then he introduces another sense. Hallelujah. There's something else there, and it is faith. And it's telling you that there are limitations on what you can see, smell, hear, feel, all of those things. There are limitations. But there is is another sense. There is another place. This is faith. And this takes you beyond every kind of limitation. And that's the reason why we're learning about faith. We cannot learn about those just our experiences, the five senses, all of those things. We cannot, you know, use that as a yardstick in our lives or as, as, as just a total, this is just everything. If I can't see it, if I can't smell it, if I can't taste it, then it's not there. Or I can't have it, no. Faith brings into the natural the things that are in the spirit so that you can now see it. But you have got to what? Believe it. It takes the unseen and brings it into the seen. Put up Hebrew, Hebrew, Hebrews 11.1. 1. We have to read it about faith, right? And when we think about this, this is the goodness of God breaking us out of the natural. Pastor talked a lot about breaking out of some stuff. Using faith is the goodness of God breaking us out of the... I mean, I don't know if I want to amplify, but that's fine. Let's see how... Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed, okay, this is good, of things that we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction and the conviction of our reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. You are really led of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says this is it. That's what faith is. It's perceiving as real what is not revealed to the senses. Just because you can see, taste it, feel it, smell it doesn't mean it's not there. Hallelujah. We believe God and we receive everything that he says that we should have. All right. This is so good. This is so good. Everything is good. Everything is so, so good. You know, sometimes after God gives me a word of message, I'm like, God, that is so good. This is so good. I want more. So you are good. You are good. Do you guys talk to God like that? You should talk to God like that. I'm like, Lord, tell me more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me just read what I, I know I mentioned it to you, but let me just read this. It says, when Adam sinned, he yielded to Satan, he became bad. When Jesus died, he made us good again. Gave us the ability to be good. It was not because he was bad that he sinned, but because he yielded to Satan's badness. In the same way, it is not because we do good that we become good or righteous, but because we yield to Jesus' work of righteousness. Hallelujah. So we talked about the fact before that God is defined by his goodness, which is also his love. And we read in scriptures, I hope you put it down, we read in Exodus, so you, you want to make sure you... You remember Job? 
Remember that many people like using Job as some kind of example and all of that. We're not going to that, but they forget at the end of the book, Job prayed for his friends. And Job was like, man, how dumb could I be? Talking about stuff I don't even know about. Now he repents and he confesses that God is good. Hallelujah. And all of Job's issues was just about a year. It looks like it was forever, right? <laughs> it was just about a year. Now, one day of pain is... <laughs> what are we talking about? Pain? What is pain? Hmm. Remember that? Remember what we're talking about, right? We don't know. <laughs> All right. But guess what? People now use that. Job came out of it, but they use it and go year after year after year talking about Job's balls, Job's problems. Go. Get over it. He already did one year, less than a year. But you're making your life about it. And the more you make your life about it, the more you experience it. So now know, repent like Job. Know that God is good. Know that God knows better. He knows the best. He's merciful. Hallelujah. And evil doesn't come from God. Don't let the enemy give you low, though. Bad stuff. And then you'll be carrying it when God has taken away your burden. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Put up Romans 1.25. I think when I was saying... Um, so many are misguided while it's coming up. Many are misguided, ignorant about the goodness of God, but like Job, we can repent. Hallelujah. God never gives up on you. Remember that. I want to show you this in Romans 125. Go to 24. Go to 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the loss of their own hearts. To the... <sighs> you have to read the whole chapter. Just stick with 25. Read the whole chapter. Get the whole idea. Who changed the truth of God into a liar? Sometimes it comes on the pulpit. They take the word of God and they twist it into a liar. Because their experience is to tell them how it is. But your experience can't tell you how it is. It's the word of God that tells you how it is. And if you believe the lie, then you experience it. So you change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator. He is blessed forever. Amen. So when you believe a lie, you are worshiping that thing. But God forbid us, not us. Amen. Amen. Put up Jeremiah 29, 11. Most of us favorite scriptures. You are waiting for that, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. God's good. He says, for I know the thoughts. That I think towards you, say the Lord. Ah, let's pause. Savor it. God is thinking about me. Wow. Do you know that not everybody gives you the time of day? Some of you all think that some people are just thinking about you. People are always thinking about themselves. You think, oh, they were just thinking about me. They, They are thinking about themselves a lot. They think about themselves a lot. Hallelujah. <laughs> but there's someone who is always thinking about us. But because we are good and we are like God, we think about other people, right? Exactly. Remember how you know you are just sitting down minding your own business and God just says to you, bless somebody. Give somebody something. Call somebody. Visit somebody. Praise the Lord. He puts those righteous, holy thoughts. Those are good thoughts. Because God called us not only to serve a good God, to be good too to others. Amen. So we, we think good thoughts about people. Praise the Lord. 
He says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, say the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And some other translation says, to give you a hope and a future. Praise the Lord. So, and, and when God wants to give you something, he gives you better than your daddy. Better than any man, woman, government, anything that you can think of. He gives you the best because he is the best. He owns the best. He made the best. He made all things. Hallelujah. So this is what God's goodness does. I want to just read some of these just to cut some of the time. How time flies when you are enjoying good stuff. Is that really the time? Glory to God. All right. So God's goodness fixes the problem of sin. Just looking at some of the things of God's goodness. When people are thinking, oh, God is causing... No, no, no. This is what God's goodness does. Fix the problem of sin. God's goodness works everything out for our good. And I'm deliberately repeating because we are supposed to be massaging these things. It's His goodness that works everything out for good. God's goodness makes us aware of danger. That's why He tells us all these things in scriptures. He says, save me. If you don't save me, this is what's going to happen and things like that, right? He tells us how to escape. He says He makes a way of escape. He tells us how and it's by faith that we overcome the world. He protects us through the blood of Jesus and he goes on and on and on and on and on. And one of the things that you know about a good father is that, you know, he's always there. He is always there. Even though the natural father has his limitations, but God has no limit. He can be with you in the tightest of spots. He can be with you in places that the natural people, somebody else may not understand, right? But he knows he says that he walked where we were, where we were, where we walked, and he understands. And so he has made a way for us. So God is always there. God never gives up on us. Never ever think that God has given up on you. Always run to God. Never run away from God. Never say, okay, whatever now. I'm already bad. I'm just going to be bad. No, always seek to change. Because God is He's just there waiting for you. Amen? And it goes on and on. You can listen to the tape, buy the tape, listen, download the tape, whatever, CD, go to YouTube, Facebook. It's now free. So when it's free, it's no excuse. So in rounding off, simply put, to walk by faith, three things. Put up Hebrews 11, 6. Hebrews 11, 6. We are going to just look at Hebrews 11, 6 in consonance with uh, James 4, 2 to 3. I don't know how we're going to do it. Let's read, read it first. But Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now put up James 4, 2, 3. So um, you must come. So let's read this first. It says, You lost and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet have not, because ye what? You ask not. Ye ask and receive not because he ask amiss, and ye, that you may receive that you may consume it upon your loss. Ye adulterers, okay. What did I say we should read up to? To three. Okay, that's fine. Ye ask and receive not because you ask me that you may consume it upon your loss. Now, number one, in looking at it, you must believe you must come. You must come to God. Go back to Hebrews. He says that. They that come, what? Must believe. So you have to come. For he that comes to God, and then you have to believe. All right? Then he talks about the fact that you cannot ask him and miss, and then you have to know that he's good. You know that he rewards. 
So he's not just, he doesn't just exist, he has existence itself, if you can put it like that. So um, you must believe so that you don't ask amiss. And how do you ask amiss if you don't ask based on the word? You're trying to do it based on your own righteousness and things like that and trying to do it by power and might, but it has to be based on the word. It's like a court of law. You take it to the court and you present your case. Believe God. God is a rewarder. Praise the Lord. And then we, we, we remember that, that he said, anything you ask for is already done. Ask, you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open. All right, we're going to read some scriptures. Put up Psalm 31, verse 19 to 24 in the NIV translation. Hallelujah. These are the last scriptures. It's all over scriptures, but let's just look at some, of, some things that talk about the goodness of God. Psalm 31, 19 to 24. Hallelujah. Are you feeling the Lord's goodness? Hallelujah. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he had showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. Up to 24. For I said in my haste, I'm cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints. For the Lord preserved the faithful and plentifully rewarded the proud doer. For be of good courage, and he shall encourage your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Look at those other people that he plentifully rewarded. Hmm. Hallelujah. All right, put up um, Psalm 84. We'll read from verse 8 to 10. I mentioned it already. Read from verse 8 to 10. Psalm 34, 8 to 10. Okay, that's fine. 84 is good. Let's see. where, Where is it? Where does it fall? 11. For the Lord is good. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace. And glory, no good thing with who would hold from them that walk uprightly. I'm going to cut this short. Go to John 10.10. Go to John 10.10. Read John 10.10 and then uh, we will probably maybe read Ephesians. I'll just close with John 10.10. I have so much written in here. If you see it, you'll probably be like, oh. He says that the thief cometh not. You know what? Go to, in this John 10.10, let's see 7. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. And he shall go in and out and find pasture. Wow. (laughs) Whatever you need, he said, is in me. He says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Every bad thing comes from the enemy. He says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So God wants you and I. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth life, giveth his life for the sheep. We always need to remember that. So God wants you to have life in abundance. He wants you to have every good thing. If you're experiencing anything bad, you know it is not from God. You just need to deal with it. He's not saying because you are a believer, some bad things will not try to come, but you resist. 
steadfast in the faith because you have confidence in a confidence in a good God who has made a way of escape, who is good to us, who, who has done all things well on our behalf, who has given us all things to enjoy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is God good? Let me hear you say, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. All right, so we're going to take our building seat today. Glory to God. So let's just pray over it. I'm sure you've already probably prepared it down to just thank God that he's the one that gives you seed to sow. Thank him that it is your good pleasure to build, to be a part of this project, to do whatever it takes upon this earth, to do everything that needs to be done. Tell him that you count it a privilege. Thank him that, that we are doing this debt-free, that our faith is released for debt freedom, debt-free building. Declare that we have more than enough to do all that we need to do with this building. Declare that, Lord, we thank you that it is glorious because you are worthy of the glory. And as you sow your seed, just know that it's coming back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, is being given unto you. Your house is being built. Your marriage is being built. This is the God that we serve. We can't beat him given. In Jesus' name. We trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 11.30 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.